Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away If you can use some exotic booze There's a bar in far Bombay Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away Merry Christmas! How is it that we're always talking on Christmas? Every Christmas, I'm talking to you. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week, we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I am Zach Brooks, and I am Frank Abagnale, and I am being chased by Brendan Fitzpatrick. Brendan, welcome. Uh, or I am Frank Abagnale. Which of which of us is on to tell the truth? That's true. As yeah, that's how we should start. Which of yeah. us is the real Frank Abagnale? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which of us? So, so neither of us is Carl Hanratty. Neither of us is Tom Hanks' character. I don't think either of us gets to be as cool as Tom Hanks. No, that's, Tell that's me a joke, Zach. Tell me a joke. Yeah. Uh, Lock. Yeah. So uh, this week, or last week? Sorry, last week. I'm already all thrown off. Last week we talked about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Had off Sinensky on episode number 100, and this week due to uh, what was the what was Jim's initial connection? I don't even remember what he said. It's just a story of Catch Me If You Can, I believe. Just like so, just like a chasing, chasing a teenager using multiple aliases across uh, across a movie. Yeah. Let's see what. Let's see. This is, this was Jim Cromley's suggestion from last week. It's a good um, I, I like it. I think. Oh, it was really- not Jim Cromley's suggestion. I lied. Uh, it was Megan, right? Megan the Librarian. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, it was my another teen. Uh, teen gets into quite a lot of mischief and uh, festive suggestion as well. There you go. So, um, yes. Sorry, Megan, Jim. This this episode is off to a roaring great start. So, uh, yes, we will be discussing Catch Me If You Can. Uh, then at the end of the episode, we will take suggestions from the listeners and us, your hosts, to decide on our movie for next week, episode number one hundred and two, as we barrel down towards the end of season two of the Movie Ladder Podcast. Uh, we will be spoiling Catch Me If You Can, so if you haven't seen it, check it out on Paramount Plus. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll also put the timestamp if you want to jump ahead to the ladder discussion, find out what we're going to be watching next week. But uh, Catch Me If You Can's a you know, Spielberg movie. It stars Tom Hanks. Stars. Leonardo DiCaprio, you should go watch it on Paramount Plus or, you know, get it from your library or pay to run it, whatever. I really like that um, Paramount Plus, as opposed to Peacock, uh, no ads. You don't have to pay any extra for an ad-free version or anything. There was, like, a 30-second ad before the movie started. And yeah, I was going to say, there was an ad before. But no no ads during the movie, like, on Peacock. So that- uh, I don't like that it tries to just, it like, automatically, when the credits start, it goes into a little box in the corner and tries to, oh, like... Yeah advance you to the next movie i really don't like that me on this one so maybe it's just (laughs) so uh and uh, as always you can submit your feedback to us at ladder movie on twitter the movie ladder gmail.com the movie ladder on letterboxd so uh, get that feedback in on this movie or any other movie that we've done in season two before our ratings are locked um you know send that to us let us know. We are uh, quickly approaching the end of season two. It's pretty exciting, pretty wild to look at the uh, the rundown and realize we're on episode 101 of 104 um, for the uh, to close out season two. It's it's pretty wild. Yeah, um, movie number 49 of season two as well. Yeah. So we will we will uh, be doing a season two wrap up show probably right around January 1st, um, which will dive into some of our you know best ofs, ratings, awards, yeah. look back on the year. Uh, and then we'll yeah. start with season three. 
Yeah, so if you have things you want to send in to us for the uh, wrap-up show that are, like, your favorite thing that we talked about this year, your least favorite thing that we talked about this year, that kind of thing, um, send that in, and we'll be happy to uh, talk about it on the podcast. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, uh, it's not just that. us, you know? Not just yeah. us uh, patting ourselves on the back for every movie we watch this year. Um, we can also hear from you. So. Yeah, that's a great idea. So uh, that'll be a bonus episode. It won't be as long as our normal episodes either. Right. So. And we'll talk, you know, like New Year's, we like to talk about, you know, what are our resolutions and yeah. all of that fun stuff. What do we want to change? What do we what do we hope stays the same? Yep. Um, all right, Brendan. Well, uh, before we hop into Catch Me If You Can, uh, we did see Frank Ag- Abagnale sitting in a movie theater watching a movie yeah. in this yeah. movie. So uh, what was the best thing you watched this week? So I watched a bunch of movies over the course of the last week since I last talked to you, but I kind of don't want to talk about any of them. Instead, I want to talk about the penultimate episode of season three of Succession. Ah, yes. That good good call. Very, very good. This show is wild. Yeah. I love this show. This is one of the best episodes of the series. I'm not gonna spoil anything about Succession because I'm sure there are people who haven't caught up or, you know, may just be listening to this and have no idea what Succession is. But Succession is a currently holding the prestige TV title on lockdown over on HBO, at least in my opinion. Um, It's one of their Sunday night lineup shows, 9 p.m. on Sundays, stars a uh, variety of people, including uh, Jeremy Strum, Brian Cox, Karen Culkin. Um, It's basically about this stupid, rich, powerful family and all of their infighting and shenanigans as they try to navigate the uh, business world as well as each other um, to try to figure out who's going to take over this company from their father eventually. And it's wild. Um, and this has been an up and down season. I think there's. I would definitely describe episodes. it as an up and down season. I think there have been some weak episodes. Season two ended really strong. Season three started on a little bit of a want note. But the last two episodes back to back, I think, have been two of the strongest of the series overall. So if you if you haven't uh, watched Succession or aren't caught up um, or maybe fell off early in the season, I think you should definitely take it back up. Yep, I know. Uh, one of our listeners, uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Jeff, I don't think he watches Succession, and he should. Uh, I will say if you start Succession from the beginning, and this is like requisite everybody says about Succession, yeah. is like, oh, you got to get through the first four or five episodes, and then it really picks up. Um, it really is because like the first it, – it's very deliberately paced. It's a little bit slow in the beginning, but it sets yeah. the table. Um, and I, I agree. This last episode of Succession probably – I mean, probably a little bit of recency bias, but I think it's the best episode that they've done. Uh, I think the the finale to season two is up there as well. I think that's a really, really strong episode. Um, Just a a show where the hits keep coming. Um, And this is, um, my sister was actually, had started Succession last Friday and basically just binged most of it throughout the course of the weekend. She's up to the end of season two, so... She's and and really, really great acting in this show. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned some of the actors. Also, Sarah Snook, who plays Shiv, yeah. is really great. Matthew McFadden, who plays her husband, Tom. When you hear interviews with a lot of the actors from the show, they actually are British. And they yeah. have accents. And on the show, like, you do not hear the accents come through. And we're going to talk about accents in this movie, yeah. or in this episode, as we get it to catch me if you can. Um, but very, very good, like... Uh, hiding of their British accents in this show. Yeah, I know, I know a big fan of Succession as well. Um, yeah, Succession so. is my is my current favorite thing that I'm watching, and I'll go ahead and say that I can't wait 
for the finale on Sunday so that I don't have to talk about that at the, at the end of the podcast. But, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for the... But I'm sad that the season flew by so quickly. I'm sad that it flew by so fast, but... Yeah. All right. Well, for me, I'm going to talk about a movie, although that you're probably right. That that episode of Succession is the best thing I watched. Uh, I watched Last Night in Soho, though. And uh, I know this movie is getting kind of mixed reviews, but I just really, really liked it. It's very high on my top ten list. I think especially the first half of the movie, it just builds this world um, that is just, like, so interesting and... Um, the like the idea behind it it's like a, like very kind of twilight zone-esque i feel like mm-hmm. um and you're you're with a, a young fashion designer who travels to london and um kind of she starts learning about the past in the area where she is basically is the way that yeah. i'll put it um and it's by edgar wright who uh, edgar wright very stylistic and kind of mixes genres you know he did shot of the dead we did hot fuzz last year which is one of his mm-hmm. movies um who knows maybe another edgar wright movie will come up sometime soon um i've actually been watching a bunch of edgar wright myself on my personal movie ladder so i did watch mm-hmm. the world's end i watched last night soho uh i'm planning to watch scott pilgrim versus the world very soon so you know he's very much like i i think baby driver is um a really good movie that people don't talk about that he did that mm-hmm. is like very fun it's like the whole movie is like a music video essentially um so it's but everything is very stylized and last night soho no no different there um it pulls in some kind of horror and fantasy elements as mm-hmm. well as some social commentary and um really well shot good act, good performances so uh i think the only way to see last night in soho is uh, unless you are a uh have access to like a a plex server i would say the only way to watch it right now is in theaters yeah. but i think um, it's already out of theaters even at this point um uh, or yeah. most theaters here in dc it's out of um you may be able to rent it at this point or sometime soon on amazon um yeah i'm sure it'll be i'm sure it'll be for rent um and i did think it's very funny she goes to see uh she when at one point you see the like um the billboard for Thunderball, which, yeah. you know, we also have, speaking Sorry. of, uh, you know, Bond movies, we have that in Catch Me If You Can. He goes to see Coldfinger. Um, but then also in this movie, uh, Diana Rigg, who played yep. one of the Bond girls, is actually one, of the, actress. one of the actresses in Last Night Soho. So it's very fun, like, mixing. Of yeah, I, I, I'm about where you are, but I definitely didn't land it in my top 10 or even my top 15 on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed most of the movie, and then the movie just sort of, in my opinion, started, like, smelling its own farts at the end, and... Mm-hmm went completely off the rails in a way that I did not enjoy and yes. didn't think that the movie justified or paid off well. Like, it, it didn't... Um, I, I don't want to say too much. I really enjoyed most of this movie. Um, I think that, as you said, it's very well done visually and stylistically, and the soundtrack is amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's the soundtrack. All, all, all the actors and actresses are great, but um, I think it just sort of falls apart in the last half hour to 45 minutes um as it completely shifts what you think this movie is about and what it's doing um yeah and i and i don't know it was just i, I was enjoying the ride so much that i could tell it was going off the rails and was getting confusing and crazy and i would love to rewatch this because i think there's things that i would pick up on a second viewing um but it's just one of those movies where i was fine with the flaws that it was having yeah. Um, I wasn't so, able to give the flaws. Yeah, and I completely understand that people have problems with this. I was looking at my top 10 list for 2021, and I feel like most of the movies on the top of my top 10 list are good half movies, right? Like the uh, majority of the movie was good, but then it loses the thread a little bit at the end. There's a few movies like that. And then the other movie that's at the top of my top 10 list is Dune, which is literally only half a movie. So yeah. 
Yeah, um, so that's the thing is I, I can forgive it for Dune, but I can't for last night. So, like, how right. do I, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, they're so, accomplishing two two very different things. Yeah, they, they definitely are. But I just think it's a funny theme that's going through my top ten list that lots yeah. of the movies that I'm that are on my top ten list were not a, like, 100%. They're all, like, yeah. 50 to 75% great. And, I mean, I'm not going to spoil this movie because it just came out on Friday, but there's a new movie that just came out. That I have a similar problem with, um, as I did last night in Soho, and that's um, Power of the Dog, which dropped on Netflix on Friday. Oh, yeah, I do want to watch that. Um, I watched it, and I was really having a good time being soaked in the visuals of the characters and the storytelling. And then it just sort of makes a choice that I just it didn't land for me. Um, the way it's landing for a lot of people, like, I mean, I'm the vocal, I'm the minority in not enjoying Power of the Dog as much as a lot of other people, but... Mm-hmm. I still think people should check it out. Like it's really well made and really good performances. So yeah, the power dog is a serious thing. Indeed. Make one man weak, make another man. Another man bark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyways, um, so we are going to get into uh, Catch Me If You Can, which is this week's movie. So Catch Me If You Can, 2002, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring uh, Tom Hanks. Starring Leonardo DiCaprio. I guess I probably should have said starring Leonardo DiCaprio first over Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, also, Christopher Walken is in this movie. Uh, Amy Adams, Jennifer Garner. Um, I was, like, yeah. very surprised. I was like, oh, that is Jennifer That's Garner. Jennifer Garner. Really? Yeah, I, I was surprised, too. I had completely forgot. It was like, oh, alias Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, this was like, you know, this came out on Christmas Day in 2002. So, yep. uh, you know, very much in the height of, of alias. I think that was probably season one was going on at the time. Maybe season two. Yeah. Um, which I always forget. You've never watched Alias, correct? I've never watched Alias, but uh, I've heard good things. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I feel like you would really. I mean, it's a lot of episodes, but I feel like as a Lost and X Files fan, I think you would really like it. Alias would be the natural next one. Yeah. yeah. If I ever finish Battlestar Galactica, I'll let you know. And then yeah. go to Alias. But here's here's a question I have for you right off the bat about this movie, Zach. Is Catch Me If You Can a Christmas movie? Definitely. I did not realize how much of a Christmas movie this was until I was watching it. So many scenes take place on Christmas. I opened the episode with a quote about Christmas um, a little bit early. It's not actually Christmas yet, but um, <laughs> the movie came out on Christmas. I mean, that's, it seems very uh, deliberate that this movie came out on Christmas. Definitely. Um, uh, there, there actually are a lot of Steven Spielberg or Leonardo DiCaprio movies that are released on or around Christmas. I didn't mm-hmm. really realize that. But yeah, I mean, Wolf of Wall Street was a Christmas release. Um, I believe uh, The Departed was also a Christmas time release. Oh, was it? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, they, 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 like, Leonardo DiCaprio loves dropping a movie on Christmas. Yeah, I mean, I think in, I, I don't know if we even have a, a big Christmas release this year. I guess it's Matrix mm-hmm. 4, but that, I don't feel like. It's, it's West Side right. Story. But doesn't West Side Story come out earlier, or does it come That's out true. on Christmas? I mean, it comes out on Friday, so, yeah. yeah. I feel like um, it used to be a thing where they're like Castaway was a Christmas release mm-hmm. um, because it's like oh here's the Christmas release go to the go to the theater on Christmas or Christmas right. weekend. I mean, with Wolf your of Wall Street and American Hustle came out both like back to back on Christmas. Yeah, and there's a feel. I mean, there's a difference between a Christmas movie and, a, and like the Christmas release. Sometimes right. they're they intersect, but like I don't think American Hustle is a Christmas movie, but it did come out on Christmas, and I remember going to it on Christmas. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. Uh, there are a lot of like Tom Hanks, Leonardo DiCaprio, Steven Spielberg, like all yeah. release movies around that time. Was Aviator a Christmas release? Because I always, so, I I always associate it with summer for some reason, but it's possible yeah. it was released around that. I day always Christmas. like oh. kind of think of, and I'm not going to suggest the Aviator next week. Maybe somebody else will. I but I always think of the Aviator 
in this movie is almost like twin movies, right? Where you're watching yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio over a long period of time in a biopic about one character. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the movie takes place in the sixties, you know, around this time, I think I've been yeah. aviators before this, but yeah. no, it's, it's, well, it's, it spans decades. I mean, it yeah. starts in the, it starts in the thirties and goes through the sixties. Yeah. So. And this one doesn't, uh, this doesn't span decades. This only spans a couple of years, I right. believe, right? Yeah. 63 to 68. Is that it? Um, yeah, 67, 67, 67, 63, yeah. 67. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, we are with, uh, we're really with, you know, this movie, we're with Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Frank Abagnale, for most of the movie. Yeah. Um, and it, it's kind of presented as, you know, the, the term that a lot of people use is like a two-hander, where you have yeah. kind of two, I don't even know what a two-hander really means. You have, the, cr- like, you have the criminal and the guy who's chasing him. Yeah, but and it's they really have like you don't have, yeah. it's not split 50-50. Like you really spend way more time with Frank than um, than you do with with Tom Hanks' character with uh, Agent Hanratty. So, um, and I was actually surprised by that. I mean, we get him in the beginning, we get that opening yep. scene, but then we don't really go back to Tom Hanks for like an hour into this movie. I mean, we really are getting yeah. the setup. And I guess, you know, the movie is about Frank Abagnale, but it's, you know, the poster is uh, is Hanratty t- chasing Frank. It's called Catch Me If You Can. I mean, I don't, you know, again, I think maybe that's a interesting discussion we could have is like, is that the correct title for this movie? Is there a better title for this movie? I think it's, but, I think it's mostly named that because that was the name of the book that right. they wrote about Frank Abagnale after he was captured. Um, I believe that was the name of the book he wrote, his auto, quote unquote autobiography, which is, um, you know, a lot of people have called into question about how much of both the book and this movie are complete, complete works of fiction and how much um, actually happened. Um, you know, there's a lot that that is that is up for debate as far as how long he was on the run, um, how much he actually was able to accomplish, how much money he actually took. Um, hmm. but it seems odd that for as little as is reported in some of these stories, like it was only a few thousand dollars. But then again, if it was only a few thousand dollars, why would the FBI be chasing him? But so I mean, it doesn't look like a few thousand, at least in, in real life, it might have been a few thousand dollars. It's obviously right. That's what I mean. Like it's, yeah. Um, so and I mean, I, you know, maybe it's not what he, how much he stole, but it's, you know, that he used bank fraud to do it. Right. Um, and is, I mean, I don't even know, is Frank Abbott still alive? Um, um, I do not know that. Um, yeah. Well, let's let's look this at was the made in 2002. Team. I think he might still be alive. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. So I have the Wikipedia up. Uh, it does look like he's still alive. Um, but I'm sure. Um, Carl Handratty is not. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know if Handratty was actually the character's the 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 FBI agent's real name. I don't believe it was. Yeah. They may um, have. I think they changed it for the uh for the film. Yeah. So let's let's talk about this movie in general. Um, what yeah. is, what we both have seen this. I've seen our number of times. times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been a few years for me. Uh, overall, like what what do you think overall of this movie? Here's here's the thing, and I think that you hit on this last night with me as well. Um, this movie is a really good hang. Mm-hmm. It moves and it's breezy and it goes from place to place. It's got exciting visuals. It's got the you know, the exciting moments where Frank is either trying to get in or out of a con and either succeeds or fails miserably in the case of a couple of the specific bank jobs. And then 
as soon as he meets Amy Adams's character, I think the movie changes tones mm-hmm. into something a little darker. Like once he becomes a doctor and he has to deal with all the actual medical stuff, I forgot like how sort of visually and tonally dark this movie kind of gets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it sort of gains that back by the end. But I, I don't know. Um, I think this movie holds up incredibly well as far as the performances and the pace go, but mm-hmm. I think that it's not as light on its feet in terms of overall tone as I remember. I mean, it definitely tries to be light on its feet. I mean, we open with To Tell a Truth, right? Yeah. We open with like a, a you know, a, a reenactment of a game show where people are pretending to be Frank Abagnale, which I think is a really great way to introduce you to the character. Yeah. Because it's like you have three potentials, one of which I wondered was uh, was one of them Josh Brolin. I don't I think it was, was, but no, I know I James Brolin is in this movie, and yes. I did wonder if Josh Brolin was like the third uh, person they introduced because the guy sure looked like him. I, looked I, I'm not sure because I didn't. Um, they don't. Didn't they, see, they're not listed in the cast. So. Yeah, I didn't see him listed. I just was curious. Yeah. Um, but it's a great way to introduce you to. Okay, here's a character that you're gonna have. He's been a pilot. Yeah. And he's been a doctor and a lawyer, and uh, yeah. you know, he's he's traveled the world you know, using bank fraud to get a get ahead. Um. That stuff is like it's very whimsical the way it starts, and it does get mm-hmm. darker towards the end and, and gets a little bit more serious. So you're right, the tone does sort of shift. Um, and I think when he was playing the doctor, it was weird mm-hmm. to me that I'm like, it did add some real life stakes. Where it's like, well, this kid's actually hurt, and this guy's pretending right. to be a doctor, and like, it's like this isn't like fun and games anymore. He's not like exactly. playing around with you know with airline stewardesses and right. um and you know pretending to be a lawyer. Like this is like actually like has consequences right. um, and i think like my rating of this movie is going to be a four i mean you can just put it in there now this <laughs> yes. movie is the most four star movie i can think of like it's good it's a very good movie it's well made they do a great job capturing the uh, the era the um yeah you know, it's, it's tom hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio. i mean there's nothing wrong with that but there's just like it's ca- kind of like a piece of cake this movie like it's it tastes yeah. good but I'm not like I, I didn't feel like satisfied after the movie. I don't feel like I walked away from this movie and was like felt like I really gained much. Um, right, except for like, maybe a couple extra pounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Like I, I, I learned the story of him again. Um, and you know it was it was I got to see him like pretend to be a pilot and and I got to see some of this. But I don't know. I just like what could you tell me about anybody in this movie? Did you wash down that metaphorical cake with a nice tall glass of milk? Almond milk, yes, uh, I did. Uh, yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I think I agree with you. I think it's, and I'll go ahead and give mine too. I, I am struggling between a three point five and a four, mm-hmm. but I do think because of the performances and the fantastic John Williams score. Yeah, the, the um, score is excellent. The, the, I, I, do I like mean, the score. John Williams was nominated for an Oscar for this score for very good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is one of my favorite Christopher Walken performances also true um i mean the whole thing about two mice fell in to a bucket of cream which mice am i frank like it's it's really good like i mean i like all of their conversations um Mm -hmm. the conversation when they are in the restaurant and um you know frank is trying to convince him to go back to his mom and he gets him a car and he like doesn't know what to do with the cold salad fork like that's such a like Great. Have you ever had a have you ever had a salad fork? 
Like a, I I've, salad, I've used salad a salad fork. fork, but I've never had someone bring me a chilled salad fork yeah, for a restaurant. Yeah, that's that's such a 1960s thing for a fancy restaurant, for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Any I don't restaurant think that that would even that. be. Would that be good? Yeah. Do you want a cold? Do you want a cold fork no. in your mouth? I would end up just dropping it and being like, ah, too cold. Yeah, my hands but, are actually. I was just outside. My hands are still cold. Um, yeah, I don't. But yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I'm landing with a four on this as well, and most of that is for four. Yeah, for for the four for the nostalgia purposes. Um, also, I think it's really well directed. I like the way it moves narratively um, from Frank, you know, leaving France to flashback to everything that happened leading up to him being imprisoned in France and then getting <laughs> extradited. Um, I really like the ending of the film. I like the I like the choice Frank has to make on the tarmac, whether to leave or come back to the FBI. Um, and you know, I mean, it's it. I think that all works really, really well. I like. Um, I still don't really. I didn't come away with this with any other better understanding of how Frank was able to do the things he was able to do because it it like kind of comes out of nowhere in that very first scene where he's in the hotel room and he fraudulently like scrapes the numbers off of the very first check mm-hmm. that he has. Like, how did he even know how and when? And I, to be able to do that, really, like really that's like, that's kind of what I struggle with in this movie is he just sort of intuitively, and I hate to use this phrase because it's definitely overused. He's kind of a Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. He just automatically knows how to. Can do a male something. character be a Mary Sue? Absolutely, they can. He automatically has this skill set to be able to do these awesome things throughout the movie, but we're never given the background of how and where he learned them. He's just magically gifted with talent for creating fraudulent checks. Yeah, I think with enough so, time. Um, and but, like we do see that his, you know, his parents are uh, well, at least like, you know, he has he has parental issues, which like right. you know, we will talk about that. But, you know, it does seem like he was just trying to kind of fill the time as well. So it's sort of his like that you know, is also definitely a con artist. I mean, we, we get that. You his know. dad's like a like a shady guy. I don't I mean his dad yeah. doesn't actually but his dad teaches him stuff and he just kind of carries that legacy from his father right. forward. Um and I really like the process stuff. I really liked watching when he he does take the labels off of the toy planes, mm-hmm. for example. Um and he's messing with the checks and he learns about routing numbers and, and the movie does a really good job with some of the process, especially early on. Yeah. Uh, like the exposition where um, where Hanratty is like telling the other FBI guys how, what a routing number is and how a routing number works. I know this is like yeah. where I learned like how a routing number works. I didn't really. Yeah, I've always wondered that. It's a it's a um, specific code. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think that like the the end of this movie could have had more process with the in like with, where we have the scene where he says, you know, the they right. always use a sta- they use a hand stamp, so the nines and the sixes always start to crack, and that's how you can tell if it was a if it was a stamp or not. Right. I wish there was more of that, that process. Um, when he's in, when we see him in France and he's in like the printing shop and where yeah. he says, Merry Christmas, Frank, like that part. Merry Christmas, uh, Carl. Yeah. Or Carl. Yeah. He's Frank. Merry Christmas, Carl. Um, that's the mistake that, I made at the end of the last week's episode. <laughs> that's right. Uh, <laughs> th- like that stuff is, that's really good. And I'd love to know what he was doing in that, in that show. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I guess he's like printing. Checks. I would love to know how he got caught in France. Like, yeah. Happened um, in France that like he tried to run this. I imagine he tried to run the schemes in France, and they are a lot more sophisticated mm-hmm. than we are here in the U.S. And they probably like figured it out on its first pass, yeah. you know. So and and I like that. Um, 
you know, so I, I like all that. And I mean, like, it, it is a breezy movie. I just think mm. there, I didn't walk away feeling like there was much that I, like, gained from this besides being entertained for a few hours, which there's nothing wrong with being entertained. Um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, I, I I do think like in terms of some of the other movies that we've talked about and we've covered, um, there's there's movies with more substance, but very well made movie. I thought you can't really see the seams. Spielberg did a great job. Score's good. Um, mostly the acting is very good as well. So yeah, um, I I wish that we had gotten a little more substance and a little more. I wish there had been more recognizable or better actors as um, Carl's two assistants. His mm-hmm. like two FBI guys that go around with him to the um while he's chasing while he's chasing Frank, you have the two guys that like are in the car when he's doing the like whole tell me a joke scene. I wish those guys had not only more to do, but were sort of more prominent character actors, like somebody that we could like glom onto and be like, Oh man, I forgot so and so. I forgot Clark Gregg was in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that like I could picture Clark Gregg being one of those guys. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, um, and we do have, uh, and I I don't have the actor's name, but he's he's one of the he's uh the like the head of the FBI. Yes. And um, he's like one of the you know he's in you know I think he's in Armageddon and um yeah the head of the FBI. Yeah, he uh, was um Michael Krishkow on the X Files, who was a NSA mole. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where I've seen him most recently as I've been rewatching the X Files. Um, I so but, I like him as an actor. Yeah. What was that actor's name? Do you remember? Uh, I don't have it on yeah, the rundown. I was trying. I was trying to figure it out. I didn't have it. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I looked it up last night, but I don't recall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And I do wish we got more in this movie with. And I think I had this complaint with some other movies that we've done. And I can't think of which mm-hmm. which one in particular it was, but we don't get a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks interacting. Yeah, most of it's over the phone. Um, I do think that scene in the hotel room is really good. Great scene. Um, I, that might have been the high point of this yeah. movie for me, actually. Yeah. And it's too bad that's so early on. I mean, the first time they meet in the hotel room and he's like, you know, pretends that the blind guy is the guy, you know, and he pretends to be working for the Secret Service. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's, right. And it <laughs> was and looking back at the movies we've done this year, I think that I had the same that Paul Newman and Robert Redford, like, yeah. they were really good together. And, and, you know, if we were doing a movie map to this year, it would probably be The Sting would be the closest to this, right? We have Con Man. Yeah. Um, it's actually kind of interesting that we're doing another movie about a, uh, about a Con Man, you know, a period piece, yep. um, you know, an iconic score as well, like kind of that whimsical score. Um, for sure. So, but we aren't doing we aren't doing movie map to season two for uh, a few we more weeks. We are not. So, um, not. All right, so I mentioned I mentioned accents earlier, and, and you know everybody yep. knows that's listening. I'm sure everybody knows that like my my all time favorite actor is Tom Hanks. I think he's yep. great. He's excellent in everything, but his accent is Carl oh, it's Carl Hanks. Tr- it's so bad. It's all over the place too. Like sometimes it's there mm-hmm. and very thick and strong, and sometimes it's a little more subtle, and sometimes it's not really there at all. I mean, it's like it's it go- it comes and goes so much. I think he. Yeah. He was probably trying to feel out the character as he went, and it just, like, wasn't working for him, I think. Right. Um, well, and I'd be curious, you know, I know I, I'm on the Wikipedia page, it says that he, you know, he's, this is based on Joseph Shea, yeah. um, who's another FBI agent. So Carl Hanratty didn't actually exist. This was right. another he's guy a who, composite, yeah. yeah, and this was a guy from Massachusetts, yeah. um, and, uh. Oh, he was born actually in 1919, so almost a little over 100 years ago. Tom uh, Hanks is not 
Yeah, Tom Hanks isn't really known for his accents, really. I mean, well, so. he does have a in Captain Phillips, he does have a New England accent, right? He like I don't think, and he's definitely better in Captain Phillips. It's a, mm-hmm. this is just like a a weird. It's almost like a you know, if you watch that video of Brian Kelly being introduced at LSU this week, right, uh, right, it's the mockery, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I just think it it's uh, you know, the movie. Is, the movie, I, I think it's like a little distracting when I was watching the movie. Um, so, you know, that would be my my only big complaint about his performance. I think he's good. He's pretty captivating. Um, he works for the role, too. You know, he's just kind of like America's dad, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, it's interesting because he's kind of playing Frank's dad. Uh, but yeah, and this father. is really interesting. Also, this is an interesting time for Leo as an actor because, I mean, this is 2002. 2004, he's going to make The Aviator, and then he's pretty much going to be playing grown-ups after that point. Mm. Like, this is sort of his last role playing a late teenager to early adulthood person before he starts going, like, full-grown adult mm-hmm. in all his other movies post-2004. Yeah, no, you're like, right. Because he never he was, really so goes back Gangs to in New, New York. York. Gangs in New York was this year as well. Gangs in New York better come out also in December of 2002. Was it that a, I thought that was a summer movie. Mm, I don't know. I it's have to look. July, I thought it was uh, a July release. Yeah, but then you're right. Then he's he's the aviator. In, in the aviator, he kind of grows up, right? He goes yeah. from uh, from this teenager. And that is sort of the transition because then, yeah, Departed, Blood Diamond, Body of Lies, uh, Revolutionary Road, where he's yeah. definitely playing it. And then Shutter Island that we, we already yeah. talked about. Um, and I think that's why, like, this period of time um, – you know, and, and this is he's only, you know, between after Catch Me If you, or before Catch Me If You Can, he did Gangs in New York. Right. Um, he did The Beach, Man of the Iron yeah. Mask and Titanic. So it's not even like there were a ton of movies between Titanic and yeah. Catch Me If You Can where he's and, like clearly a kid in Titanic. Yeah. And I mean, Man in the Iron Mask and The Beach, notoriously bad films. Uh, like, I've I never remember, seen either. I remember um, seeing The Beach um, in the theater and it's a weird effed up movie. Um, obviously, he's very good in it. I think Leonardo DiCaprio is an incredibly talented actor. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not a good movie, and neither is Man in the Iron Mask, um, unfortunately. But yeah. that may come up later. Uh, okay, so uh, Gangs of New York, December 20th, 2002. So Gangs oh, of New York was, was like a week, week before. So Leo had two movies wild. in the box office in 2002. For Christmas. That's wild. Um, is that the high point of Leonardo DiCaprio's career, would you say? No, definitely not. No, no, what no. Would no, you no. say it's the high point of his career? The high point of his career, I think, is Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, it's the it's the one with the memes that everybody talks about. I mean, mm-hmm. it's that is his apex. It's the one he probably should have won an Oscar for. Um, or I mean, you could also say The Departed. You could also say, I mean, you could also make the argument for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, I think that that's one of his best roles as well. I mean, we talked about it last year with Av. I think, you know. Leo could not have made Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in 2019 without all of these films we just mentioned coming before them. Right, because it is like, really kind of a reflection on his career as a... Exactly. A, so it's very meta. Um, yeah, yeah it's, that is interesting, because Wolf of Wall Street was uh, was 2012, yep. uh, 2013. Um, Django Unchained the year before 2012, I mean, I think... Yeah. And, then, and then you get The Revenant in 2015. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, you know, Leo's had an interesting career where he kind of pops on, has a big movie, and then he goes away for a little bit. Uh, yeah. Except, of course, in December of 
uh, of 2002, where he had these two movies at the same time. Yeah. So what's your what's your Tom Hanks career trajectory high point then? I mean, is he? I mean, he's sort of on the back end of banging out his best films, right? I mean, he's his last seven. You mean currently or when this movie came out? I mean, what the before and then now after like what would have sort of been his high points because i think he's sort of on the back on sort of the downslide of his career where some of the stuff he's putting out like isn't as good as a lot of the stuff that he was putting out between 95 and 2005 i mean 1993 to 2005 he had sleeps in seattle philadelphia forrest gump and apollo 13 and then and and then toy story so that's that's a great stretch and then uh, you know that thing you do in 96, right? St. Private Ryan in 98, uh, you know, and then we get, you've got Mail, Toy Story 2, uh, yeah. Green Mile, Castaway. So like that, like 93 to 2000, and this was just a couple years after that. But yeah, then then in the mid 2000s, like after this movie, and I always kind of pair these two movies up, but we have Catch If You Can, then we have The Terminal. And I think it's because yeah. it's like those early 2000s movies starring Tom Spielberg. Hanks. Yeah. Both, oh wait, both, uh, what's the Terminal Spielberg? You're right, yeah. yeah. They're both Spielberg and they're both Both heavily, yeah, heavily involve airports. Uh, Mm -hmm. And maybe the Terminal will come up next week. Um, But then, yeah, then he's, you know, his career gets a little bit quiet for a while. And um, since then, I mean, I still think Captain Phillips is is really good. Um, And uh, and Save Mr. Banks, I liked that a lot. That one wasn't like a huge... It was cute. I liked Save Mr. Banks, Um, yeah. But... Yeah, and then, I mean, yeah, and then recently, I mean, you know, The Post was, like, he's made a lot of good movies, right? Beautiful Day right. in the Neighborhood, like, good very well-made yeah. movies. Uh, the Post. Um, I really like News of the World. Yeah, I don't, News of the World, which you and I both enjoyed. Um, I mean, it might not be the best Western ever But made, yeah, I don't, th- I mean, I don't think any of that compares to, like, the star power that he had in the mid-90s. I so, agree. I agree. Um, and I do think, like, doing Sully, Captain Phillips, The Post... All beautiful day in the neighborhood, all within a couple of years of each other. Uh, Bridge of Spies, these like historical period piece biopics where yeah. he's the lead, and it's just like the poster is just like Tom Hanks's face. Um, yeah, I do think like for a lot of people, it just feels like it's it's very retready. It's like the same. It's saving Mr. Banks. I mean, sure. really, really since like you know since 2010, it's uh, always good. It's yeah. it's been a lot of like that kind of mold. Um, yeah. So I, I love Tom Hanks, but I do think like I can see why. Uh, you know, for some people, it can feel a little like they've seen it before. Yeah. Have you? Did you end up ever end up catching up with Greyhound, which came out? No, or... I never saw Greyhound. Um, I maybe I will next week. Um, yeah. yeah, I think the fact that it's you know Finch, I seeked out because it was it had just come out and it was uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm not like huge into like the war movies unless there's something to really pull me there. So. Um, well, why don't we why don't we hit on a couple more people and their performances in this movie? I know that um, we hit a little bit on Amy Adams. I mean, this is I didn't even very, realize that was Amy, Adam, Amy Adams at first. Uh, yeah, when we first she looks so different. She's very like young. they put they put braces and freckles on her and just sort of ugly fire her up mm-hmm. to a certain degree to make her look like a kid, and you really don't realize it's Amy Adams at first. Like it's not. Are Amy Adams? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the Amy Adams you think of. And I, 
I mean, she's fantastic. I think she's a really great actress. Um, yeah, she is. And, you know, the last scene that we get with her where she's waiting for Frank. Well, I guess not the last yeah. scene, but one of the, the the last substantial scene we get with her where she's waiting for Frank at the airport. Yeah. But she's actually turned on Frank and the FBI is there. Yeah, that scene's really good. And I think but I think that seems better because of Leo's performance, because she's being yeah, like so obvious that she turned him in. Right. She's like, like crying. she's also doing it on purpose. Like she's try- my, oh. my interpretation is she's trying to be obvious. So that if he shows up and sees her, he won't approach her. Because I don't think she wants him to get caught. Could be, yeah. So, I mean, uh, that's the way I've always read the scene, but I could be wrong. But yeah. That's the way no, I, re- I really liked what she brings to that because mm-hmm. – um, or what he brings to that because because Leonardo DiCaprio he gets that like paranoid look at his eyes the same look that we saw last year when we did Shutter Island right For where sure. he's like he's yeah. looking at everybody and he's like oh everybody's out to get me there's you know he's getting that paranoid look in his eyes um and then and then ends up running so yeah um and yeah I, I thought that was good. I, I I think you know it's interesting to have her as kind of the female lead in this movie yeah but again it's weird because we only get her for about a half hour and right. we don't get her until very late in the movie yeah i agree um but i think that she works really well i think she has really good chemistry with leo as actors mm-hmm. um i think they work really well together um what would you say is her like career highlight so far like is it i think it's gotta it be a rival right a rival i think it's yeah. a rival too i think it's um i mean she's really great in the master she was really great in Doubt, mm-hmm. um, American Hustle. She's really good. I mean, you know, don't put metal in the science oven. Um, she's, yeah. yeah, I mean, she's actually, I don't know that she's really made a bad film, quote unquote. No, I mean, well, um, like, I feel like I she's mean, in something that is critically acclaimed and like yeah. Oscar contending every yeah. year or two, right? She's the For Fighter, sure. American Hustle, Vice, The Master, Her, Arrival, um, You Catch Me If You Can earlier. Um, she was yeah, nominated I mean, for Big Eyes even, I think. Yeah, which I think what she's, nobody saw, but she was still nominated for it. Yeah, I think she is an actress who is um a little bit taken for granted of for sort of I mean, I yeah. would say almost like late career Tom Hanks is, where he's never gonna turn in a bad performance. It's always gonna be really like very solid in a movie, but you you aren't always like ta- it's not like that that really big performance that you're the you walk away from a movie talking yeah. about it's the you know sure. it's it's the it's the like really steady stable presence except um, i would say the arrival is the exception like arrival she's the one you're walking away talking about mm-hmm. like she's the standout star of arrival like you could tell me anybody else was in arrival and i would say oh yeah without really remembering if they were in it or not but it's amy adams's movie yeah Another movie I would point to that I think she does really well in is is Doubt. Um, everybody yeah. in Doubt gives yeah. just a killer performance. Um, yeah. And then that that's a it's a stage adaptation yep. or a, a movie adaptation of a stage play. So. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh. Yeah. Miss really good. Miss him uh, so much. So, um, yeah, and I, yeah. I just would have liked. I don't mm-hmm. know, and I, I know since this is based on a true story, maybe it's harder to work her character into the movie a little bit more. Earlier, we do, yeah. you know, because it's, as Brenda. this part is true that he like met her at a hospital in Georgia, and married her in or wanted to marry her in Louisiana, and that's where he got caught mm-hmm. the first time. Yeah. So I mean, all of that is true. Like he he passed the bar in Louisiana and was working in Louisiana as a lawyer, like right around until he got caught. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, that part is all 
is all true. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's, you know, what we're talking about a lot is we're talking about like, oh, it was really fun that this actor was in this. It was good yeah. performance, right? It was it was cool that Martin Sheen showed up. Yeah. Uh, like his scene with Frank when Frank is asking to marry his daughter and he like calls him a romantic and he's like, you and I are cut from the same cloth. And Frank actually tells him the truth or at least a version of the truth that he's not a doctor. He's not a lawyer. He's not anything. He just wants to marry his daughter. And like there's like the way he sells that and then the way Martin Sheen reacts to it is, is I think is really, really fun and really, really good. Um, I, I, I love that scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also have, you know, a couple other notes that I wrote down. One is, is this the only time that I can think of that Tom Hanks drops an F bomb in a movie? Ooh, good question. Um, um, because I when they lose does... him, he, when they lose Frank, he, he drops an F bomb and the F bomb is not Frank. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I can't think of him doing that in any other movie. Not in Sully or, Cap- or Captain Phillips? I don't think so, no. I don't think so. Captain Phillips, he's much more, like, subdued. Um, and he, you know, he's he's subdued until that last scene of Captain Phillips where it's, it's really intense. Yeah. Um, so I thought yeah, that was funny. Um, you know, I love the James Bond stuff in here, right? Like, Frank Frank thinks of himself as a, as a spy. So he goes, he you know, when he goes to... He goes all out on the spy thing. Yeah, he, he goes to Goldfinger, then he goes by he goes by Mr. Fleming. He gets the yeah. suit. Um, so actually, you know, uh, as a connection back to... We had that in, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Both movies yep. have James Bond. Bond uh, James, John, James should we, Bond Should we talk through a few of the connections? I mean, we have, you know... Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of them are really obvious. I mean, it's just the... Uh, you know, the authority figure chasing the young kid all over the ends of the earth trying to catch him as he's mm-hmm. going around using different aliases to basically get away with murder. Yeah, get away with murder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Yes, uh, we have that. I think, um, you know, we have a teenager who's who's taking yep. different identities being, you know, that was like the main the main connection, obviously. Um, we also have earlier in the movie uh, that Frank's dad, Frank Sr., says to Frank Jr., you don't have to go to school today. Well, he's lying yep. in bed, almost like he's exactly. getting a sick day. Um, he Frank... also gets out of school by pretending to be the teacher instead. True. Like, oh, know, yeah, he does get himself yeah. out of school. Pretending um, to be an adult. We mm-hmm. have all those phone calls where he's pretending to be somebody else on the phone, mm-hmm. and so does Ferris and Cameron. Yeah. So, yeah. That's true. Um, he buys his dad a red convertible. Yeah, um, I had the I had the car written down. The red convertible, and uh, both movies have a Sheen in them too. Yep. We have Charlie Sheen and we have Martin Sheen, which I did not remember that Martin Sheen was in this when we picked this movie. So that's a fun connection. Yep. yep. Um. All right. What about connections to other movies from this year? Um. Let's see. So to earlier this year, we. Uh, uh, so I, before you go, I will just say this movie I thought had some of like the most connections to other movies from this year. I have a ton written yeah. down. I for mean, other the, the biggest one I wrote down is Milk. Um, you know, he orders a milk and then, uh, in Back to the Future, um, they also order milk at the diner. Give me a milk. I have nipples, right? Can you milk me? <laughs> that too. But is that, was that this year? It was this year. Meet the Parents was this year. Oh my God. What happened to the year? Uh, oh. yeah. Meet the Parents is number 17 this year. <laughs> oh my Lord. That was so long ago. It feels yeah. so long ago. It feels like last yeah. year. Yep. <laughs> um, let's see. So I'll, I'll just yeah, run through so a yeah, bunch of the car chases. Um, we have. Uh, important car chases in a lot of our movies um mm-hmm. plane rides people pretending to be other people in paper moon in what's up doc in the big sleep yep um we have lots of people pretending to be other people so, yeah 
Um, yeah, I mean, we did, and we talked about it a little bit, but we did have like the Con Men and the Sting, right? Um, yep. So that's very similar exactly. to this. We, we have Paper Moon both and the Sting. Um, yep. But yeah, some of the other stuff I wrote down, uh, he poses as a journalist. So that yep. ties all the way back to Philadelphia's story for uh, first uh, month and a half of this year. And Liberty Valance. Uh, yep, in Liberty Valance. Um, we have uh, significant hotel scenes, which um, immediately made me think of What's Up, Doc, uh, Paper yep. Moon as well. Um, there's a character named Jack, the character who ends up marrying uh, Frank's mom. So we've yep. had lots of Jacks, lots of father issues. Obviously, Frank. And- yeah, this is a divorce movie. I kind of forgot that this is low-key also a divorce movie. That's yeah. This was really- um, yep, and uh, yeah, the daddy issues. But I also think... Um, you know, I think Hanratty kind of serves as a stand-in father figure for Frank, especially at the end of the movie when he finds out that yep. his father is dead. Um, yep. For sure. And we had a, uh, you know, a, a pool party in California in yep. this movie. So going back to Boogie Nights, yep. we have a silly, we have a silly Grace scene where Frank is asked to say Grace. That yep. reminded me of That's, parents. You know, parents. There you go. Yep. Uh, we have the law in New Orleans. So that goes back to Pelican Brief. Yep. Um, we had a wedding in this movie, which we've had tons of weddings throughout the year. We have um, FBI agents, and uh, so I just wrote down in quotes, I am an FBI agent, time yeah. back to speed, which was- uh, awesome. That's a big one you haven't mentioned yet. Um, uh, well, I have a couple more on my list. Let's see if I have that. Uh, uh, so we open on a game show, and mm-hmm. in Magnolia, William H. Oh. Macy's character is a very famous yeah, game, game show, show. Yep. Game show kid. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, there you go. That was, yep. that was what I wrote down. That's a good one. Uh, I also have Paranoia. Going all the way back uh, to lots of movies from this year, but specifically Parallax sure. View, and mm-hmm. then uh, significant plane is significant airplane deplaning is what I put. Yeah, there uh, you go. Parallax View and also um, uh, Final Destination. Final yeah. Destination, yeah. yeah. Important. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, once we get to the end of the year, obviously we've done 48 other movies this year, so we're gonna have lots of connections. But so um, I think especially like this movie just had like was rife with. Rife with connections, rife with, you know, lots of big name actors showing up. Did you notice Elizabeth Elizabeth Banks was one of the bank tellers? Speaking of banks. I, I did not notice Elizabeth Banks. She's the one who teaches Frank what a uh, what how the routing numbers work and she's oh, like right. takes him to the back. I knew that was somebody. I was like, who is that? Is that yeah, no, yeah, that, was, that was Elizabeth Bla- that was Elizabeth Banks. Got it. Uh so Jennifer Garner, Elizabeth Banks, kind of like lots mm-hmm. of lots of these uh kind of up and coming actresses playing the uh playing these supporting like the ladies of Frank Abagnale in this movie. Indeed, so, indeed. Um, and uh, unsure if that was Josh Brolin. And, uh, we'll have to look that up later. Yeah. I don't think, I, it probably wasn't. I think you would hear if Josh Brolin was yeah. in this, but. Uh, My name is yeah. Frank William Abagnale. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. I, we do have uh, we do have James Brolin, though. So, yeah, we overall, do have James. Overall, yeah, a very fun movie. We're, I don't we're think We're rolling deep. Yeah, I don't think it's the. Uh, do you think it? Do you think it justified this two two hours twenty minutes? Would you have trimmed anything from this movie? I don't think I would have honestly. I think it, I think it justifies its length really well. Um, the only thing I might have cut is a little bit of the stuff at the hospital that sort of changes the tone so drastically with the do you concur do you concur scene. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, the the poor kid is writhing in agony from a fully broken leg. And you see, like, all of the gore of the, like, bones sticking out of his leg and everything. Like, this, you don't need that in this movie with the tone that you're going for. So, like, I would have I would have trimmed that. Again. I did like that, actually, though. I did like that scene. That scene was kind of funny. But, it yeah, did, I, I guess it stakes. Yeah, it gives it narrative stakes. Well, yeah, yeah. and the, the do you concur? I, I guess I should have concurred. That That is kind yeah. of funny. But, yeah. Damn, it's, I knew uh, I sh- why didn't I concur? Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I did think that that was funny. I like the superhero aliases or comic book aliases, yeah. right? Um, Barry Allen. He goes by, uh, what's it, Barry from the, what is his yeah, name? Barry, Barry, Barry Allen, the Flash. Barry Allen. Yeah. But then he also goes by Dr. Connors, and I'm assuming yep. that's a reference to Spider-Man. To Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. But, yeah. yeah. Um, and speaking of the Flash, of course, Amy Adams uh, will be in Justice League and yep. Batman vs Superman, Man of Steel, uh, playing uh, Lois Lane. Yes. Yeah, and so you know Barry Allen. She does interact with Barry Allen in another movie, and maybe Indeed. that will be where we go next week. Um, Lois is the key. All right. So what is our title connection for this? So I think we were we're just gonna go with Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, I was thinking we could even just go with like Teenage Con Man. Teen maybe. on the Run. Teen on the Run. What about Teenage Con Man? Because it also sort of that know, works con, too. Yeah. Con heads. Uh, you could do that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Teenage and it's con like it, it kind of reminds me of like Teenage Wasteland, right? It sort of That's sounds fair. like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it'd be funny to put something with, the, with one of the Sheens in there. Um, and you know, speaking of yeah. dad, you know, we're That's talking about significant it's, fathers, right? We do it's have Charlie. Pochka. It's Charlie. I know. We do have Charlie Sheen's father, though. We in do this have movie, Charlie so it's kind of fun. So yeah, Teenage Con Man. That'll be the title collection. Right. Um, all right, so then we can do Movie Map. Uh, before we go to Movie Map, I do just want to point out this movie has been uh, nominated one other time, Ooh. and that was by you. And do you remember what movie you nominated it off of? Ooh, it was, was it a Leo movie? One. It was probably a Leo movie, and it was probably Shutter Island. It was not a Leo movie. Uh, it oh. was Arnie from last year. Interesting. Why did I recommend this off of Marvel? I do not have the, re- the reason why. Why did, uh, I, why did I put this I off mean, of- it might just be like a uh, character messing with somebody's head because you wrote down Gaslight, Catch Me If You Can, Ocean's Eleven, and Reds. Those were your those were your four that connections. Is interesting. That's yeah. weird. Why did I think Catch Me If You Can? I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to think about that one. That's a thinker. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I mean, you know, we did have con artists in our, in Marnie. Um, that was one, yeah. some of the connections to other movies. So I think that's just the con artist thing was probably the connection. Um, but yeah, that's the only other one that I have that uh, came down came out from this one. Uh, so do you think Marnie is the best connection to this movie, or is there another? Absolutely one not. Um, there's a few really good ones that don't even involve our actor, our main two actors. Um, Point Break. Um, mm-hmm. We have an FBI. A- I am an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. Chasing a oh right that's not criminal. speed that was yeah. Point Break you're right it's yeah yeah it's Point Break yeah. I'm an FBI agent chasing a criminal um who is notorious for robbing banks um there's a lot of bank shenanigans in this movie um my cousin Vinny just for the trial scene and the mm-hmm. pretending to be a better lawyer than you than you actually are oh that's good um, trying to study for the bar um trying to study case files um mm-hmm. that. So it really reminded me a lot of my cousin Vinny for that part. I thought about all of the con stuff and the Brothers Bloom a lot, too. And mm-hmm. the fact that part of that takes place in France. Mm. And France is sort of the climax of Frank's story in this. And Ooh. then, you know, um, those were my big three that I wrote down. And those don't even involve either of our two actors. Yeah. Um, so uh, well, we don't have anything with Tom Hanks that we've done. This is our first Hanks movie we've done. Uh, in terms of Leo, we did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We did Shutter Island. Um, I'm Shutter gonna Island is interest has interesting connections too yeah i'm gonna say yeah. home alone um it's a christmas Ooh. movie and it's about a kid acting older than he is uh pretending to be older than he is you know uh uh kevin is doing lots of different lots of different cons on people uh we do have criminals yep. uh, of course uh we yep. have the wet bandits uh we have a significant character named frank we have uncle frank in home alone yep. Uh, and uh, something I didn't even think of. Ineffective police officers. If, yeah, that's true. And something I didn't even think of until you just mentioned him getting caught in France, but the family right. was going to France and home alone. Oh, good point. Yep. And we have yes. we have scenes in an airport. We have scenes on planes. Um, 
you know, we have, uh, I probably have like airline stewardess and pilots that are interacting with the Home Alone. So, uh, tis the season and, and, a, and a great, a great score as well <laughs> in yeah. Home Alone. A, a really, really good. It's not, it's not John Williams who did the score in that. It was John Williams who did the score. Was it? That makes sense. Yeah. Oh man. For what the uh, French call amazing competence. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, Home Alone, definitely my movie map for this week. Nice. All right. Well, that's a good movie map and a good title connection. I like that. Oh, you know what's kind of fun is uh, I just looked at the Home Alone cast list, and obviously Kieran Kieran Culkin is in Home Alone. Uh, We talked about him with Succession. Yep. Uh, Hope Davis plays a receptionist in Home Alone. Hope Davis has a co-starring role in... in uh, Succession as well. Yeah. In Succession. Yeah, she's one of the, uh, she's the other Sandy, right? Yes. Yep. Sandy, 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 Sandy Jr. Sandy, Sandy, too. Sandy yep. with an I. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, um, well, should we get into listener feedback so we can close out this section, Zach? Yes. Let's, uh, let's get into our listener feedback. So we start, as we always do, with Jeff. Jeff says he loved this movie, as I do almost all Tom Hanks movies. Uh, I don't know if Jeff ever watched News of the World, but I'm going to keep recommending that if he is not. Great supporting cast and very well acted. Some humor and intrigue and being based on a true story really caps this off as a solid 5.0 for me. Nice. Questionably uh, as a true story. We do not know. Questionably, yeah. There's a lot of uh, holes in Frank Abagnale's tale. I mean, would it surprise you? I mean, would it surprise you or be uh, even that bad of a thing? If the con man actually was lying about this whole thing. To no, it wouldn't be surprising at all. It's it's the same as, you know, Henry Hill writing his own autobiography of Goodfellas, you know, for uh, funny for wise guy. Yeah. So, I mean, and, there, and how much embellishment was in that, you know, that Martin Scorsese had to cover up. Mm-hmm. So, okay. all right. Uh, so anyway, didn't like come up. Um, so Megan the Librarian writes it. It says, so much fun. A great role for Leo and a young Amy Adams is a real highlight of the film as the sweet girl from that Frank almost settles down with. She and Leo should work together again sometime. They have a great chemistry here. Four stars. I agree. Yeah, I, I think we mentioned the chemistry. I think they work really well together. Mm-hmm. It's surprising they haven't done another movie together as adults. Right. I think they um, circle a lot, right? Like she's yeah. in movies with Christian Bale and, yeah. uh, you know, I don't and, think he's that yeah. different from than Leo. And, and uh, right. you know, she's in The Master with... It's kind of uh, wild that she wasn't in What's a Kind of Time in Hollywood now that I think about it, like in some way. Yeah. Like there were so many people in that movie. She's worked with Christian Bale a lot, three times. The Fighter, American yeah. Hustle, and Vice. Yep. Um, she's also in the Muppets movie. I never saw the Muppets movie. I did like the Muppets movie. Are you a man or a Muppet? I never saw it. Uh, all right. Um, I'm just writing down one more suggestion nice. uh, that I just came across. You just uh, don't want to read Owen's feedback. That's all. I don't want to read Owen's feedback. I do. Uh, <laughs> let's see. All right. Owen says, I love the soundtrack, particularly reprising a young Judy Garland's version of Embrace You, an old favorite yep. of mine, along with You Really Got Me by The Kinks. The Kinks. Uh, Tom Hanks is laughing. Laughing acting was good, and I liked how he ate the eclair. Yeah, the, that was a great. It was great when. Yeah, he, I love the eclair. He, yeah, he shoves the whole eclair in his mouth. Love Unfortunately, it. the uh, the rest of the laughing acting was well laughable. Oh, uh, no. Also disappointed when they had a big restaurant scene with Walken and DiCaprio, and no one put any of the salad to their mouths. Very lazy. Uh, I lazy acting. I didn't mm-hmm. notice that. Uh, maybe they just don't like salads. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't like salads. 
Tom uh, Spielberg at his schmaltzy worst, glamorizing and fetishizing criminal enterprise. Any dramatic pretense was robbed by the flashback narrative structure, and the whole bar exam setup for a, a recall didn't really pay off. Once Hank settled on his accent, he could sleepwalk through the role, rating a 2.5 mostly for the soundtrack. And then Olin's wife had watched this film earlier in the year and gives it 1.5 or one out of five stars. She was more generous than me on Ferris Bueller, and uh, they watched together, so she gave Ferris Bueller a 2.5. So you might have to retroactively add Olin's wife's. Yeah. Normally we don't. Normally we only have to worry about Olin bringing the average down, but now we have Olin and Olin and Mrs. Olin bringing the uh, bringing the average down this week. Yeah. But, um, um, I do think I, like we didn't talk about Spielberg very much, but you know Spielberg. I don't think this is one of Spielberg's best. No. I, but it's fine. I, I think this movie is like fine. It's well made. It. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I think like some of the like some of the what Owen criticizes with the acting for me, I just kind of chalk up to like, oh, this is taking place in the 60s. So people right, are exactly. acting kind of bombastic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think like the pool party scene, I got really stuck on that scene because it just sort of came out of nowhere mm. and didn't really tie into anything else in the movie. Yeah. Um, and it was fun that like Frank is having all these people over for this pool party. But it's like, well, who are all these people? Why right. is he having he seems to know everybody. And then he like freaks out on everybody. And then we yeah. never see anybody from the school party again. No. Um, it's so th- that whole yeah. thing was just like. His idea know, to go to Hollywood. Like you could have cut out that whole I'm going to Hollywood section and been fine. And just move the him almost getting caught by um, Carl to another another part. Yeah. Like, um, and that's interesting what, what Owen says about the flashback narrative structure kind of taking out any stakes. I guess I just like never. Is I actually really anything. like it for something that I know is already a true story. Like it's mm-hmm. a, for something that's like a narrative fiction, like a not almost a nonfiction fictionalized version. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think that that structure works for this, you know. Yeah. Um, and I do I do like where the movie ends up. That he ends up working with the FBI, choosing to be there and like use his yeah. knowledge for good. Right. Yeah. He's using exactly. his. Um, you know, he's, it, it, it was interesting because, you know, the, the postscript of this movie, they have the, the stuff that shows up at the end and it says, you know, like he made all this money working for the FBI and, like mm-hmm. you know, things worked out really well for Frank Abagnale. Yeah, which is wild. Yeah. Uh, he just kept churning and turned that milk into butter. Well, um, speaking of turning milk into butter, Mac writes in with a uh, four star review. Catch Me If You Can is one of those movies where if you flip it, if you flip past it. You have to get sucked in and end up watching most of it. So breezy and entertaining. So that's like the other side of the Spielberg being yeah. the Spielberg being schmaltzy. Spiel, yeah, Spielberg I, schmaltzy. I, yeah, I kind of like the Spiel, the Spielberg schmaltzy, mm-hmm. but um, I do think that this is one of his weaker direct directorial efforts. But I still think the movie is told in a really interesting way. Yeah, I, I feel like it's it's, it's well made. It's just yeah. yeah, it's just there's not a ton of depth to it. Um, and I had something else I was going to bring up. And... Well, while you're thinking oh, of it. Milk. You're, you're... It's milk. It's milk. Yeah. So it's... you mentioned that he orders milk on the plane earlier. He's drinking milk on the plane when uh, when Carl's eating the eclair. Yep. And there's the talk of the mice falling into cream, turning the cream yep. into butter. So I do think like the milk might in a way represent kind of these like daddy issues that Frank yep. has. Right. Uh, you know, he thinks of milk with the story his father tells. And he uses the con that his father always uses with the necklace, like a million yeah. times in this movie. And then when we see him conning people, he's drinking milk often. Yeah. So. He's got a, he's definitely not lactose intolerant. 
No. (laughs) All right. Well, your brother also wrote in with a five star review and he calls this the best Spielberg. Um, I think that we uh, talked about why necessarily it's maybe not, but I do think it's a very good movie. Yeah. Um, So that's going to average us out to a listener 3.5. Yeah. What would you say is the best Spielberg? Ooh. I mean, it's hard to not say Jaws or E.T., Mm. Um, but then you also have like Raiders and Saving Private Ryan, which I think is fucking incredible. Um, it's it's hard. It's really hard. I mean, I think those are probably my top five. I think I even do. I have a Spielberg ranking on. I do. Mark, I, I, I don't know if you do. do. I do. Um, I probably do. What is I actually have two of them? But I have one that's top ten and one that's uh, all of them that I've seen ranked. And uh, so I have Catch Me If You Can at number seven of all the Spielberg nice. movies. Um, and my number one is Jurassic Park. So, which you didn't even mention. Jurassic Park, then Jaws. And I always forget Jurassic Park is Spielberg. I'm an idiot. Jurassic Park yeah, and Jaws, I like there. go back and forth between the two of them. But I grew up on Jurassic Park and Jaws, I didn't get until later in life. So, sure. Jurassic Park gets the nod. So, um, all right. Well, uh, so what does that give us for uh, average from the listeners? So, we are at a 3.83, which will bump up to a four for the purposes of Letterboxd. Yeah. So, and both uh, Brennan and I both gave it a four as well. Yep. Listeners we both gave it a four. So, yep. that wraps up. That wraps up. Catch me if you can. I think we caught it. Yeah. Um, I would watch Catch Me If You Can too. I think I would be more interested okay. in Frank working with the FBI and like what you know, just doing more things like to a new generation. Yeah. Especially like how he adapted because like banking and like the way to defraud someone financially has like changed and gotten so much more sophisticated in yeah. the 30 to 40 years since like mm-hmm. it'd be interesting i, I don't he know how much frank is i don't know how much frank is doing in the uh digital age yeah exactly he's um it was much easier to to fraud people when you could just change the routing numbers on a check i think exactly exactly yeah. uh and right, it would well, take two weeks for it to bounce yeah so uh all right well uh with that uh we can move on to ladder rungs now. So this is the section where we pick our movie for next week. And as we said multiple times, we only have a few more movies left this year. Um, so let's see. We're going to be we stick with the uh, you know Leonardo DiCaprio, stick with something with Con Men. Uh, who knows? We have we have suggestions written in from the listeners and ones that we brought as your hosts. We'll decide on a final four, and then from the final four, we will pick the movie for next week. Um, I have a lot written down. I will be I too. interested. I have one I just added. I'll be interested if some get taken. So uh, before we even get started, I will say that we just just missed out on a great connection because there is a new movie uh, starring Leonardo DiCaprio directed yep. by Adam McKay yep. that's coming out in uh, two. I think it comes out in theaters this week. I but bet Amy Adams is Amy Adams in. Don't it, it does seem like a movie Amy Adams would be in. She's not in yeah, it that I see. Not. Okay, because um, I know she she loves working with Adam McKay. So yeah. Uh, nope. So uh, that movie is called Don't Look Up. It is coming yep. to theaters this weekend, but it is not coming to Netflix until Christmas. Speaking of the right. Leonardo DiCaprio Christmas release, so we just missed it. Would have been a perfect perfect pick for next week. Too yeah. bad. Uh, and also, apparently, he plays a scientist from Michigan State. Very fun. Ooh. Yeah. So Good all right. Well, unfortunately, go away. Unfortunately, we can't do that. So we will start with Jeff. Uh, Jeff has Bridge of Spies, Tom Hanks, and uh, along with being based on a true story, also yep. Sully. Tom Hanks being uh, based on a true story and an airline pilot. And then yep, A Beautiful exactly. Mind, uh, which is based on a true story. I don't remember exactly when A Beautiful Mind takes place, but it wouldn't surprise me if... Uh, Around the same time, the yeah. 60s, I believe. Yep. Yeah. John, the physician, 
physicist John Nash. Yeah. Yes, uh, the one one of the only careers that uh, that Frank didn't take on in Catch Me If You Can, and that yeah, would be yeah, yeah. Uh, a college professor. Although he does pretend to be a teacher. He does pretend to be a substitute teacher though. Yeah. I always substitute for whatever her name was. Yeah. Uh, all right, Olin has The Counterfeiters from 2007, a German film winner of Best Foreign Language Academy Award. The link is based on a true uh, story, as well as counterfeiters uh, using a flashback narrative uh, structure. So, and I'm assuming if it's called Counterfeiters, it's about con yep. men. So. Yep, I would imagine so. Uh, next one, Bringing Up Baby. The song I Can't Give Up, Give You Anything But Love was played in an engagement party and is sung throughout Bringing Up Baby, engagement, evading the authorities, yep. utilizing aliases are all common themes. Um, do you think Bringing Up Baby, though, is like very hard to find? I think that's why, because we've tried to go with it before. Yeah, and, and I it's think not it's, a criterion. It's it not, and it, maybe yeah. it's changed, but... Uh, and this was one I thought about using, uh, was not on my list, but that is to catch yep. a thief from 1955, former criminal, looks to use his knowledge to catch current criminals, Hitchcock, Cary Grant, blind spot, uh, mainly because I'm not keen on Grace Kelly. Ooh. All right. Megan, the librarian, taking a few movies off of my list. Yes. Uh, for connections, I would feel remiss if I did not point out that there that the four DiCaprio Scorsese collaborations you haven't already covered on the podcast all connect really well to Catch Me If You Can. Yeah. So we did, of course, do Shutter Island. Uh, but yeah. uh, Gangs in New York and Catch Me If You Can were at least five days apart. If only we had yep. read Megan's feedback Boom. before we started talking about when they came out. Uh, also, they both take place in New York City. Yes. Uh, Gangs also involves a young man who, number one, develops a father-son relationship with someone who is his adversary. And two, yep. falls in love with a redhead. Yep. And like you said, takes place in New York City. Her second connection, the aviator has all the airline stuff plus a love interest who is a redhead. Yep. Boom. Number three. And based, also based on a true story. Oh, and based on, yeah, it's a biopic. Yep, biopic. Biopic, yeah. Uh, and her third one, The Departed, co-stars Martin Sheen, includes a f- character named Frank and has a cat and mouse plot. And Vera Faminga's character is arguably a redhead. Jack Nicholson's uh, girlfriend is definitely a redhead. Mm-hmm. And number four, Wolf of Wall Street has Leonardo DiCaprio playing someone who gets rich by conning people. He eventually yep. gets caught by the FBI. There is no redhead. Uh, and she said, as uh, for it. Go ahead. Go what? ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, I was just going to ask if you think that uh, Carl Hanratty or Kyle Chandler are a better FBI agent. But we can oh, get to that. <laughs> um, yeah, we'd, we'd have to watch that movie to find out. We'd have to watch it. Um, that is very interesting that all four of the DiCaprio-Scorsese collaborations are so uh, closely connected to this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street has Leo playing someone who gets rich by conning people. Uh, he eventually gets caught by the FBI. There is no redhead. Did I read that already? I did read that you one. You did. Already. Yep. Um, All right. All right. <laughs> for another. <laughs> I'll read it one more time. Uh, and for another Leo connection, the man in the iron mask also starts out with him locked up in a French prison with a yep. questionable haircut. But don't do that one. It's not a good movie. Yeah. So. Uh, I've seen your, I appreciate your throwing out Man in the Iron Mask. I, I had an exchange with Megan the Librarian um, earlier this week when she sent that in. I I also like saw Man in the Iron Mask and knew it wasn't good, but I still have like a soft place in my heart for it, just mm-hmm. because that cast is so fantastic. I mean, uh, definitely a questionable haircut for Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. I'm assuming it's a wig yeah. uh, in, in Catch With You Can. For All sure. right, and uh, Jim... Uh, and sorry for saying that Jim suggested this movie. Jim says he didn't get all the way through Catch Me If You Can, so he can't give a rating. But yeah. the hour or so uh, I saw confirm my memory that it's the bottom third of Spielberg, bottom third of Tom Hanks, and a bottom Thanks. third collaboration between the two. So Jim, Jim would be with Olin bringing down the average, uh, but he didn't give a score. 
He said, my suggestion is 1941. It's another Steven Spielberg movie with an emphasis on planes. It is set mm-hmm. in California in December 80 years ago and has some Christmas tie-ins as well as 14 people credited in both, uh, according to IMDb. The most mm-hmm. of those are re- music related. Based on Letterboxd, 1941 is also a blind spot for a lot of people. On the downside, it seems to only be streaming free on Pluto TV. So thank um, you for It's also this. notoriously one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, have not, I have not actually seen it, but I have. I haven't either. Um, it is definitely a Spielberg blind spot for a lot of people. It definitely um, has its reputation. Yeah. Um, so, yes, 1941, never saw that. Uh, do you think 1941 is worse than Tintin? I never saw Tintin. Ooh. Never saw Tintin either. Yeah. That also involves a plane, I believe, significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's got a, yeah, 1941 is a 2.6 on Letterboxd ratings and has not been seen by any of our listeners that I'm seeing. All right. All right, well, now we get to go into ours. Ooh, I get to go first. Um, all right, so I have to rearrange my list because The Departed, Gangs of New York, both are taken off. Yep. Um, let's see. So the first one I will do is... Uh, in the Christmas spirit. So this is a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie that stars Christopher Walken. And uh, Barry Allen may be alive in this movie. Uh, we do not <laughs> know if we meet Barry Allen. So I'm going to do Batman Returns. Uh, Damn it. That was on my list, too. Uh, <laughs> I totally nice. had Batman Returns as a Christmas movie. Yeah. For Christopher Walken. Yep. Uh, Good job. Yeah. Good job. All right. Uh, then the next one I will do is a movie that came out around Christmas time. Stars Amy Adams about, uh, about con artists. That is American Hustle. Probably on your list as well. Um, and uh christopher walken um he uh you know his well i will start leonardo dicaprio in titanic play you know i'm not it's titanic is not my suggestion but leonardo dicaprio in titanic proclaims himself the king of the world Uh uh-huh christopher walken played the king of new york York. yep so i'll add the king of new york i've never seen but um yeah uh, and then uh, a Christmas movie starring Tom Hanks. I'll do the Polar Express, which I may or may mm. not have seen. I am not sure, but it is. I know I've seen parts of it. I don't think I've seen it all the way through. Yeah. Um, I do have some other movies written down, but I think I'll just go with we'll those, those four. And um, I, yeah, I don't think there's anything else I really want. Sounds good to me. Um, yep. So there's a little Steven Spielberg movie coming out this weekend that takes place in New York City. People can stream it on HBO Max as well as um, go to the theater and see it if they want to. Not that we're saying you should, but uh, West Side Story comes out this weekend, Zach. And yeah. I think we would be remiss if we didn't uh, include it. So yeah. I, I actually totally forgot. We had talked about this last week that yeah. uh, you know maybe we'll get that. Totally forgot. So that's my number one suggestion. Um, I also thought about Christopher Walken telling a anecdote um in a pivotal scene mm-hmm. and that would be uh between the two mice and a bucket of cream and the watch anecdote in pulp fiction yep. how can i not include pulp fiction yeah um, i also i had that on my list too uh, significant jewelry yeah significant jewelry um also it came up earlier and i was like you know what actually it might be kind of fun i've never seen it amy adams is in julia julia i've never seen it it might be fun to watch we could probably get a really good uh guest for that julia julia would be really fun so Julia Julia with Amy Is Adams. Is the connection just Amy Adams on that? Yeah, Amy Adams. Yeah. And then for my final one, I have a few different ones I could go with. So they talk about um, how Frank shouldn't go up against the FBI. The house always wins. And that reminded me of Ocean's Eleven which I think is a stalwart movie we haven't covered that is a classic. Um, I'm talking about the George Clooney one, which I believe also came out in 2002. 
2001. Damn it. Today, is today okay. is the twenty is the twenty year anniversary of, of Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven. Eleven. I actually got so, an e- I got an email from uh from AFI today that it was the twenty year anniversary. So it's uh yeah it's a group of con men trying to uh basically take down a bunch of las vegas casinos um the connection is loose but it's there um so i'm gonna go with uh the 2001 oceans alone all right uh, those um, are my four. i'm gonna throw one more on mine um, i don't think we're gonna i mean maybe we'll pick it i don't know but i'll just throw that on there uh charlie wilson's war stars both tom hanks and amy adams Ooh. um and i believe that there's some like conning going on it's also got your your guy philip Hoffman in it yeah um so I've never seen this one. I thought, you know, maybe that could be a fun one. Never seen it. Well, if you're going to throw a fifth, I will also throw a fifth then. And we just keep trying to one up each other. Yeah, exactly. We're just trying to one up each other at this point. And you know what? Um, I've actually never seen Nocturnal Animals starring Amy Adams. I'm going to throw that on there, too. So, boom. All right. Uh, some of my honorable mentions that did not make the cut, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, character assuming an identity, Christmas movie, yep. This Boy's Life, uh, that is a uh, father yeah. issues with Leonardo yep. DiCaprio. Uh, Cloud Atlas. Batteries. Yep. Uh, yep, Cloud Atlas I had on my list because uh, Tom Hanks blind spot yes. for me. Um, uh, Jackie Brown, a crime yep. chase scene involves a significant flight attendant. And an FBI and that, agent. Yep. yep. And then, uh, you know, we talked about it earlier, Goodfellas, though. Um, yep. Goodfellas. FBI taking out somebody who wrote their own autobiography. So. Yep. And also, I mean, a pivotal a pivotal scene taking place over Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of pivotal Christmas scenes in Goodfellas. Um, I love that movie, but it's just not strong enough. Um, also, Goldfinger, obviously, is a good connection. I did think about Goldfinger as well. Directly referenced in here. Um, Flight, you know, you could go with a bunch of different um, plane-related plane movies. Mm-hmm. um yeah that's about it that's all i got the cool. terminal um that didn't did that come up no it didn't we talked um, about the but that was that was an also rant for me as well um yeah all right cool uh well right, why don't you read over what we have and then we'll each take two yeah so we two. it does take two um so we have bridge of skies sully a beautiful mind the counterfeiters bringing up baby to catch a thief gangs of new york the aviator the departed the Wolf of Wall Street, Man in the Iron Mask, 1941, Batman Returns, American Hustle, King of New York, The Polar Express, Charlie Wilson's War, West Side Story, Pulp Fiction, Julia and Julia, Ocean's Eleven, and Nocturnal Animals. Right. I get to go first. And I am going to, because it was on my list, and I can't believe it was also on yours, I mean, how could I not take Batman Returns? It's also a, kind of a Christmas movie. Definitely a Christmas um, movie. Yeah, I got to go Batman Returns. I think it would be really fun. Um, I, I love Batman Returns. Nice. Meow. Um, that, that, I think that could be that could be super fun to do. Um, yeah. Revisiting that. Um, all right. Well, I mean, you know, like I think I have to take Julia and Julia because I, you know, no, I'm just kidding. I'm taking West Side Story. <laughs> be, be Honestly, I wouldn't have been mad. I mean, I'm sure it's a fun movie. It's Meryl Streep and Amy Adams. Yeah. You know, Uh, know, it's a a food movie. Uh, No, let's do, let's have West Side Story. I don't know if I, I don't know if it's going to win, but I think it should be in contention. It's a brand new movie coming out. Uh, Steven Spielberg. um, You know, Officer Crucky, Crucky, right? That's the thing from it. Um, Yeah. I mean, how can I, for mine, listener take, I, 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 how can I not reward Megan the Librarian again for 
all of these picks are fantastic. And I mean, given given the conversation that we that you know you and I had with Mac the other night, I mean, I've been wanting to revisit Gangs in New York. Like, I think it's a, actually a really good connection. Um, I mean, it's, it came out the same I, week. You can't get much um, more. Yeah, how can I not? Even as much as I love the Aviator, and I feel like I always have to nominate the Aviator when it comes up, it's gonna mm-hmm. get, I'm gonna go Gangs in New York, which ironically um, could also be connected to West Side Story. So we could yeah. be revisiting Gangs of New York next week. Two weeks, yeah. In two weeks, yeah. So, uh, um, all right. Well, I, I hate it because people are gonna say that we're biased, and we just give Megan Librarian everything she wants. She I know. Come on the know. podcast. She gets her. She gets her movies picked. This one was her pick. I don't know if we ever had a listener have two picks in a row. I'm sure we probably yeah. have, but I think Bridge uh, of Spies is pretty fantastic. But I just saw it pretty recently. Um, yeah, Bridge of Spies. I feel like is just. I have that ranked lower actually than this. Um, um, so I'm gonna. I, I had the deposit on my list too. Yeah, I think there's so many. I mean, you have you have the Boston accents. You have you have Martin Sheen. You have Leonard DiCaprio. You have con men. You have uh, cops and criminals. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I just think like I, I'm sure there's stuff that we're not we're not seeing as well. Um, did Departed come out in Christmas time as well? I feel like Departed was probably a Christmas release. I feel like it probably was, yeah. Yeah, we'd have to look at that. So I would have to look at that. I feel like it was Thanksgiving or Christmas. Yeah. So I'm just throwing in the Departed. The Departed for me. Um, Holy crap! This is stacked. Yeah, this so is a very have, this is a very tough uh, this is a very tough final. Four. I mean, we have Batman Returns, which is one of the best superhero movies ever made. Um, at least in my opinion, I mean, a it's great, so, an iconic, an iconic poster, if nothing else, an iconic poster, an iconic movie, an icon, iconic performances. I mean, West Side Story, which we, in theory, know nothing about unless you've seen the 1965 version, um, or 1966, um, you know, but has a lot of potential to be one of the best movies of the year. So we're sort of taking a uh, dance step of faith if we pick it. Mm-hmm. Um. Gangs in New York, which is a film I've been wanting to revisit for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then The Departed, which is one of the like best movies ever made. <laughs> um, uh, that that would have a million connections if we did it. Like, right. So uh just looking up streaming wise, Batman Returns is on HBO Max, uh, of course. Warner perfect. movie. Yes, yeah, it's Warner. Uh, Gangs sense. in New York. It's not listed as HBO Max, but I just did it's listed as HBO and I just did a search. It's just it would still be on Max. It, it is on HBO Max, it's just Letterbox is not showing yeah. the correct uh streamability. The Departed is on HBO Max of and West Side Story, not yet on HBO Max, but will be uh on Friday. Did so, I get did I get drunk and watch the departed a couple months ago? Um, when I came back, when I came back from a party with our buddy Rob, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> um, the party holds up. It's good. the one thing I will say: no matter what we're watching next week of these four, uh, people yeah. need to carve out a little bit of time because our run times are 126, 167, 151, and 156 minutes. West Side Story, 156 minutes for West. Side. Not surprising. It's a musical. I mean, they're usually three hours long. So. Yeah. Um, and- so yes, and whatever we're watching, you're gonna need an HBO Max subscription. Or uh, if we're if we not if we don't pick West Side Story, um, you can probably get it from the library. One of these. Yeah. Um, man. What do you want to do? Because oh. I'm happy with any of the four. I think we take out the Departed. I think. Really? Why? Uh, I mean, we don't have to. Um, I, see, I love all. I love all of these. I, lo- I want to love all of these. It's hard to pick a brand new movie on a week of faith, especially against these other three movies. My only, I so mean, I do like the timing of West Side Story coming out this week. Yeah, I need to. My problem with it is 
we then people only have a few days to watch it because That's it doesn't it. come out till Friday. So it doesn't come out till Friday. Can't even watch it till Friday night. Um, and we can't rig the ladder and go Gangs of New York this week then pick West Side Story. But no, but West Side Story could come up the following week. It could come um, up the following week. Yeah. Um, that's my only concern. I don't know. I think Batman Returns could be, like, very light. People have seen it before. Um, I, don't, I mean, I guess people have seen everything. But we're gonna, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I, we could do a random number generator between one and four, and whatever it lands on, that's what we're doing. Because I, okay, do it. Do that, I don't I'm have one that I even want to throw I'm going to be happy with any of these. I mean... You know, I mean, The Departed won Best Picture for a reason. I mean, it's one of the best movies of the last 10 years. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's fantastic. Um, Gags in New York, I've just really wanted to revisit, um, especially for the Daniel Day-Lewis performance. Um, Batman Returns is just stellar. And, I mean, West Side Story, I've been talking about all year how excited I was for that movie to come out. So, yeah. All right. So I have random.org up. I put generate one number between one and four. And our number is, well, Brendan, crook you, because we're doing West Side Story next This is the 2001 version of West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg, not the 61 version. 2021. Yeah, what did I say? 2001. Oh, yeah, not 2001. It will be a quick turnaround for feedback. But we understand that. Um, I think the listeners will go with us on this. I mean, it does. Not, open... I, mean, I don't know. If, I don't know. If, you know, I'm hoping that people who are in Ireland and Canada have access to the 2021 West Side Story. Um, yeah. I don't know how that works. I know. Um, I know. Trial by com- trial by combat. Trial by combat. Oh, um, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. Yeah, maybe we uh, maybe we discuss recording on Wednesday next week instead of Tuesday to give everybody an extra That's day. Um, and also, depending if we get a guest, what their availability is, um, you know, we yeah. can end up needing to record it a different day anyway. So, yes. All right. West Side Story is what we're doing next week. Um, yep. Very fun. That'll be it's, it's good. We're, it's, you know, it, I don't know if there have been that many times when we've done a brand new movie the week that it came out. I'm trying to think. Uh, I think the done. closest is probably Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we did, what, in the fall after it came out? That yeah, that summer. was like months after it came yeah. out. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, we, we did, did Hamilton last year, the week ago. Oh, we did do Hamilton right away, yeah. Yeah. Which also, coincidentally, New York Musical. Hamilton very likely to be the movie map for next week. Um, very, very. Although, likely. so I I do not know anything about West Side Story. I think I've seen like bits and pieces of it. I think it's probably like Romeo and Juliet esque. It it is very Romeo and Juliet. It's basically a retelling of Romeo and Juliet as a modern Broadway musical. So you're saying in two weeks we have a chance of doing multiple. Leonardo DiCaprio movies. Both Absolutely. Gangs of New York could come back up. Uh, as well as Leonardo the, the Romeo Juliet. Juliet. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, first time we've used the random number generator. We've yeah. done the, you know, flip the... Flip we've done the, the coin. We've done the, the coin, yep. yep um, we've done the Twitter poll. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, but no, okay. we're doing we're doing West Side Story. I, 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 what did you think was going to come up when I did that? Yes, like, I thought, I thought it was going to be four, and I thought we were going to do The Departed, and I was ready to just, like... Pull out my Boston accent and then flip you off of Boston, oh, I guess. Yeah, I guess I should have said how, the order that I had those in. So I had them up. I imagine in, it was in the order of what we said. So Batman, West Side, oh. Gangs of New York, and the <laughs> That's interesting. So you're right. Four did come up, actually. Uh, so maybe there's a little bit of controversy. I had them up in my in my tabs as Batman Returns, Gangs of New oh. York, Departed, and West Side. So I do not know why they were in that Whoops. tab order. I but, thought you were. I thought you were saying. I thought you put them in the order of what we said on the podcast. Uh, that the would order. make sense. No, that would I, make sense, Zach. 
I just I loaded each of them in a tab, and for whatever reason, the order in my tabs that they were was Batman Returns, Gangs okay. of New York, okay. Departed, and West Side Thank Story. Thank you for the clarification, because yes. we will get an email. Well, I didn't say what like, so that's the number. The yes. So the number technically the number four <laughs> came up, and so I guess. Oh my god. Maybe we should have done the Departed, but it's uh, it's it has been oh my set. God, this is a Robin Akimini podcast. Yeah, we we need, we need some, This is a controversy. Yeah. Uh, yes. No, we're doing we are doing West Side Story. We are doing though. West Side Story. And people are gonna say it was rigged, and I don't care. It was not rigged. Um, <laughs> I uh, I thought Batman Returns was what we were gonna yeah, ended up doing. I I would have been I would have been honestly happy with all four of these. Um, I I actually think it would be really cool to visit Gangs of New York, and maybe we will in a couple weeks. So. so all right. Well, uh, West Side Story. We're keeping everything in the zeitgeist. Uh, you can go to the theater to see it if you want. Um, I might try to go to the theater for this. Could be yeah. kind of fun. Um, we'll see. We'll see what my weekend looks like. Um. But it is also going to be streaming on HBO Max day of yep. release. So yep. you got to wait till Friday to watch next week's movie. Uh, again, if you are in another country, um, apologies if you do not have access to it. But I hope everybody does. I hope that it's, you know, I hope it's a global thing. So. Yeah, hope so too. Uh, and then once you watch West Side Story, send your feedback to the movie ladder at gmail.com at ladder movie. Absolutely. And uh, that'll be fun. So, uh, all right, Brendan, what are you going to watch this week besides West Side Story? Uh, besides West Side Story, there's actually a couple other things coming to streaming either for free or to rent that are also 2021 releases that I want to catch up with. Um, the Last Duel is going to be rentable um, on Friday, so I've, I've been wanting to see that. It'll finally be be able to be rented um, to stream oh, good. on I Friday. Want, I did want to so see that. Excited for that. I've heard mixed, um, heard mixed things, yeah. And I'm glad I'm watching it at home rather than spending the money at the theater. So, you know. If it's bad, it's bad. That's fine. And then also, uh, being the Ricardos uh, drops on Amazon Prime, I believe. This what weekend. is that? Is that the one with the Lucy? That's uh, Nicole Kidman, Javier Bardem as Lucy and Ricky. Oh. Uh, Lucille Ball and Ricky uh, Desi Arnaz Jr. Yeah, um, about the making of I Love Lucy. So that that looks pretty good. Um, I think it's streaming right away. If it's not, then I'm wrong, and I apologize for being wrong. It happens all the time. It does. Um, it does. Uh, so I. Uh, yeah. Wanna, wanna wanna, so I have I have Twitter up right now. Um, yeah. I was listening yeah. to you, but I, I just always have Twitter up. And I just saw a tweet from Rotten Tomatoes. West Side Story, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Whoa. So if you need any reason to watch it, the, the tomato Damn. meter is, is very high. So uh, I am not expecting to like West Side Story that much. And uh, it's going to be very fun to see. It's it going to be very fun. That's why I think we need a guest as well. Oh, yeah. Um, find it. This is actually our third New York musical, Zach, that we've done. Newsies? Newsies, Hamilton. Hamilton, this, yeah. Have we done any other musicals this year? Um, Not anything I, that was an out-and-out out musical, no. No. I mean, I think the closest is, like, Roger Rabbit. Right. Or, and that's not even... That's not even really a musical. Um, cool. Yeah, West Side Story. Well, I, know you, I know you wanted to get hit West Side Story late in the year. You were very excited for that. Yeah. Um, and it just feels like a really good one to do right now. I mean, it's, you know... It's got very good odds of being in a lot of awards talk at the end of the year, so we'll see what happens with that, if anything. Cool. Yeah. So, you know. So, yeah. um, uh, so check out West Side Story. Right now, the connection is only Steven Spielberg, but uh, I'm sure we'll find other connections. Um, yep. Steven and, Spielberg in New York. Uh, what else are you watching this weekend, Zach? Oh, yeah, I got it. Uh, so I'm going to watch uh, – I am going to watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World uh, for nice. my personal movie ladder. Uh, for Criterion, I have tons of options for Criterion because we just basically have to watch something that's after 1,000 on the um, yeah. spine title. Yeah, I have a couple things for that. But I, don't yeah, I have like 
20 things written down that I want to yeah. choose between. I might end up going with the original Nightmare Alley because the new Nightmare Alley is coming out soon. So Interesting. I might do that one, but I, I got to look. So Yeah, I see that. Um, but I will be watching West Side Story. I, I do think I'm going to try to go to the theater, which means I'm not going to have good notes at all for that movie um, if I'm doing it in the theater. But uh, yeah. how often do I get to see movies for this podcast in the theater? I think I'm going exactly. to try to Exactly. Almost so. never. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we'll see everybody next week for uh, West Side Story, uh, the new version. Although, if you want to watch both versions, you're welcome to do yeah, that. Yeah, if you want to watch both versions, Megan the Librarian might just do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, send in your feedback uh, at laddermovie, the movie ladder, gmail.com. Brendan is at Fitzy Brendan. I'm at Brooks Yeah, You all know that. Uh, thank you for sticking with the movie ladder over uh, almost through year number two. And uh, look forward to wrapping up the year, getting into year number three in January. There's a place for us somewhere, a place for us. There you go, Zach. Very nice.